1: Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Trevally Mining Corporation first quarter 2020 financials and earnings conference call and webcast. After the speaker remarks, there will be a Q&A session. If you would like to ask a question during that time, please press star on your telephone keypad. You may press star 1 at any time during the call to enter the queue. I would like to remind everyone that this conference call is being recorded. I would now like to hand turn the call over to Brendan Creaney. Travali's Vice President of Investor Relations, you may begin your conference. Thank you, Mike. Good day, everyone, and thanks for taking the time to join the call this morning. I'd like to remind everyone that this conference call is being recorded, and Replay webcast will be available one hour after today's call. In conjunction with this conference call, there is an accompanying PDF presentation available on the Events section and the Corporate Presentation section of Trevali's website under the Investors tab. The link to our live webcast is also on Trevali's website under events. In today's presentation, there will be some forward-looking statements made, and I draw your attention to the customary disclosure in our corporate materials. The main presenter today is Rickus Grimbeek, Trevali's President and CEO, and he will be accompanied by Amber Johnston Billings, Trevali's Chief Sustainability Officer, Derek Dupreeze, Trevali's Chief Technology Officer, and Matthew Quinlan, Trevali's Interim Chief Financial Officer. I'd now like to turn the call over to Rickus. Good morning, everyone. And thank you for joining us
2: um, on the call today. Um, I wanted to take a moment to recognize and thank all the medical professionals and frontline workers around the world dealing with COVID-19 pandemic and providing the essential services and products that our communities need. To our workforce, um, thank you for your resilience and commitment to health and safety and responsibly performing your roles. Because of your efforts, we were able to continue operating at our mines with minimal disrupt- interruptions. Moving to slide five, um, Trevali has taken several actions to keep our workers and communities safe during the COVID-19 pandemic. We continue to operate at all three mines due to the work working with government and governments to agree to protocols for strict cleaning, physical distancing and enhanced requirements for staff to enter the the mine sites. Throughout the pandemic, we have also supported our local communities in ways that have both mitigated the spread of the infection and and further build trust and deepen our relationships with these communities. Turning to slide six, we have taken major steps to optimize the business this year, refining our operating platform and building off the transformation that began in 2019 under the T90 program. Because of the foundation we laid, we were able to swiftly respond to the current economic downturn. We safely put our caribou mine on care and maintenance program while delivering 30 million dollars in sustainable efficiencies from the other three mines supporting our goal to reduce the cost structure of our business to a targeted audio sustaining cost of lower than 90 cents per pound we've achieved the delivery of this target by uh, we will achieve this uh, delivery this target by um, a whole year um, at the beginning of 2021 In addition, we've significantly reduced our discretionary spending for 2020 to preserve near-term liquidity by decreasing our planned capital and exploration expenditure by $41 million. We continue to negotiate and update um, to our revolving credit facility, as well as extensively explore for new sources of capital to reduce our debt position. We've engaged RBC Capital Markets to support us in these efforts. While we are focused on costs we control, the zinc market continues to be disrupted. After hitting 15-year lows, the zinc price decline has reversed and has been cautiously rising and as of this morning was at 89 cents a pound. On the cost side of the equation, relief appears to be coming for miners as off-site costs including treatment charges and shipping costs have been coming down as the impact of the global mine level um, mine curtailments have begun working its way through the supply chain, indicating support for a higher zinc price. Moving forward, we will continue to operate with the health and well-being of our workers and communities at the front of mind while delivering on further enhancements to our business through the T90 program and capturing the value of an improving zinc market. Moving to slide seven, um, because of COVID-19 mitigation strategies we implemented, we have been able to continuously operate our business with minimal interruptions and were able to produce 99 million payable pounds of zinc in the first quarter. We also accomplished this safely, reducing our total recordable injury frequency by 47% relative to the previous quarter. We achieved this production at a cost of 96,000 a pound of zinc and an all-in sustaining cost of $1.10 a pound. Excluding Caribou, where we suspended operations on March 26th, our cash cost and all-in sustaining costs for the quarter were $0.86 and $0.99 per pound, respectively. Our cash cost and all-in sustaining costs were also impacted this quarter due to timing of byproducts, lead and silver shipments. This is approximately $0.08 a pound and just shows that we are getting closer to the T90 target that we've set ourselves. On slide eight, I'd like to highlight that all our operating operations continue to show improvements. Peru remains under a state of national emergency, which began on March 16th, and is currently expected to be in place until March 25th. Our Santander mine has made several modifications to enable it to continue to operate. The mill was temporarily shut down on March the 30th due to off-site logistics but was restarted on April 29th once modifications to the working conditions were made and supplies were replenished. The mill is now performing above target with respect to recovery and concentrate grade and trucking of concentrate is now expected to start this week. At Rajpina, while modifications to work conditions were required in response to COVID-19, the team was successful, successful in continuously operating with no material impacts to cost or production. In fact, payable zinc production was higher than the last two previous quarters, supported by strong mill throughput performance. The RP 2.0 pre-feasibility study remains on track to be delivered this quarter. At FACOA, I'm happy to report a great milestone. The operation has achieved over 9 million hours of work of without a lost time injury. In addition, the mine was able to continuously operate with no material impact to cost or production caused by COVID-19. Payable zinc production was lower and cost higher for the quarter due to mining of lower grade stops as per the mine plan, but I would like to point out the mine delivered 7% more ore tons than the previous quarter, demonstrating operational improvements. Milk throughput was approximately the same as the previous quarter and recovery was slightly lower highlighting that the lower-metal production was grade-driven. Moving to slide nine, as previously announced in April, we will be in a position to achieve our T90 goal of 90 cents all-in sustaining costs for the business by the beginning of 2021, a full year earlier than originally planned. At the end of the first quarter, our workforce has implemented $30 million in annualized recurring efficiencies, and we are forecasting $44 million by the end of the second quarter. Which puts us puts us well on track to deliver the full $50 million target and get us to our goal of 90 cents or in sustaining cost. On slide 10, I wanted to highlight some of the achievements that have been delivered under the T90 program. While these give these examples, given some of the more material improvements that are. Over the two, there are over 200 initiatives in the pipeline with ideas being generated at all levels of the organization, demonstrating that T90 is a foundation, is foundational to Trivali's operating platform and is embedded in our company culture. On slide 11, um, I wanted to spend some time talking about the operating model we have spent the last 12 months putting in place at Trivali and why we will be able to accomplish the T90 program. Our operating platform can be summarized in four main areas. The first is our operations team, which are typically located at the mine and focus on executing the plan and managing resources to accomplish this. The operations teams are supported by centers of excellence. These teams are distributed across the organization, providing area-specific expertise and best practice in a service role to the operations. Think to technical expertise and jumbo maintenance expertise Specialists, for example, that are not assigned to one mind, but provide services to the portfolio. We've also organized our roles by function, allowing the sharing of information across the organization.
0: Our digital core is
2: the set of tools we allow us, which allow us to efficiently share um, information. It connects us all and supports data-driven planning, control, and decision-making, and is absolutely critical in a time like we are experiencing right now. What we've built is an operating model that is scalable by design. We believe there are positive synergies to realize by adding more operations onto the platform. I will now pass it over to Amber to talk in more detail as to what we've been working on in the sustainability space.
0: Thanks, Rukis. While managing the business through COVID-19 has been a primary focus, Trevali has remained on track to achieve our purpose of being the world's most sustainable underground mining company. We do this because it mitigates risk and it reduces costs in the long term. In safety, we are seeing the hoped for decrease in the number of injuries across the group, and this is in part because of our focus on monitoring the effectiveness of the controls that we have put in place to protect our workers. We have also set our first targets in the environmental space in both greenhouse gas and water reduction. The projects identified to meet these targets to reduce electricity costs and pollution. We have set a target for 30% of our board and senior leadership team to be women, with the view that this increased diversity will deliver fresh perspectives to solving problems and growing our business. We have completed our first physical impact of climate change risk assessment at Roche Pina. We are using these results to ensure that the design of Roche Pina 2.0 with the increased production profile takes into account changing climatic conditions, including potentially more hot days and future water scarcity. Finally, we also completed an independent tailings review, which provided comfort that our eight tailings facilities are stable. We continue to monitor the security situation in Burkina Faso, and would like to note that we are operating in an area where less security threats occur. Also, because Travali Picoa produces a zinc concentrate, which does require overseas smelting, the risk associated with the theft of our concentrate is low. Trevali's focus is primarily on gathering intelligence and surveillance to decrease the likelihood of any direct interactions with groups operating in the region. In 2019, we also ran exercises using our trigger action and response plans to define the actions that we would take in response to threat scenarios should they unfold. Uh, Derek, I'll pass over to you.
3: Thanks, Abbott. Moving to site 13, as announced in early April, We have reduced our plan spending in 2020 by an additional $31 million to further mitigate the effects of the current environment on our business. These initiatives are in addition to our T90 program and relate to the discretionary capital and exploration expenditures across our business. While T90 is about recurring annual efficiencies, these cost reductions are primarily non-recurring events. We are now anticipating to spend approximately $36 million on sustaining and expansive capital in 2020, primarily focused on underground capital development and planning dam raises at Petroa and Santander operations. The operations have been well capitalized in recent years, creating an opportunity to defer $17 million in sustaining capital costs, while ensuring operations are maintained to a high standard. $10 million relates to sustaining capital at Caribou that under care and maintenance will not be incurred and expansory capital will be reduced by $6 million. These three amounts total the $33 million you see before you. Our exploration program for 2020 will be cut back by $8 million to $4 million. Drilling programs at all operations have been suspended for the remainder of 2020, including the PCOA T3 and infill drilling program at the Santander pipe. In the first quarter, we spent 12.6 million dollars on sustaining capital and 3.1 million in exploration expenses. So you can see that for the balance of the year, our spending profile decreases rapidly. Lastly, I would note that while I've spoken to forward-looking guidance plans for our capital expenditures for the balance of the year, uh, overall guidance for 2020 remains suspended, and we will be reissuing full-some guidance that incorporates the above-noted information in due course. I would now like to turn the call over to
4: Mattie. Thank you, Derek. As Rick has pointed out earlier, operationally, we had a successful quarter producing 99 million pounds of payable zinc, which was only 4% lower than the fourth quarter of 2019.
0: There were a number of events
4: that affected our financial results in the quarter. Firstly, revenue and adjusted EBITDA were impacted by a falling zinc price precipitated by COVID-19, as well as the timing of shipments. The average LME zinc price in the first quarter was $0.97 a pound, a 10% drop compared to the fourth quarter of 2019 at at $1.08 a pound. The timing of shipments also affected the quarter, as sales amounted to 91 million pounds of zinc, some 19 million pounds lower than the prior quarter. This was almost exclusively a function of the timing uh, of shipments from Rosh Pina. Declines to adjusted EBITDA relative to the previous quarter were partially offset by lower costs attributed to sales and the fixed pricing arrangement, which increased revenue in the quarter by 8.8 8, 8 million. Turning to C1 and ASIC costs, these were both negatively impacted compared to the prior quarter, increasing by $0.10 cents and $0.08 cents respectively. The negative impact was mainly due to the timing of byproduct-led sales from both Caribou and Roshpina which in total affected both measures by 10 cents. As a reminder, we typically ship our lead a concentrate from Rosh Pina twice a year in the second and fourth quarters. And at Caribou, the timing of lead shipments was affected by the closure of the Belgian lead smelter in late 2019. The second negative impact relative was relative to higher zinc treatment charges, which amounted to an additional penny per pound on ASIC and C1 costs. Uh, These two impacts in the quarter overshadowed the operational improvements we continue to deliver under the T90 program. Operating cost savings amounted to uh, a one-cent reduction (coughs) per pound. Uh, uh, Specifically impacting ASIC, sustaining capital was lower than the fourth quarter, amounting to another two cents uh, reduction on the ASIC measure. Now, excluding uh, Caribou, as Rick has mentioned, C1 and ASIC were 86 cents and 99 cents in the quarter, respectively. Importantly, ASIC was flat, excluding Caribou, compared to Q4 2019. While the timing of byproduct-led revenues from Rosh Pina affect ASIC by $0.08 on this measure, lower operating costs reduced costs by $0.05 a pound, and sustaining capital reductions reduced ASIC by a further $0.03 a quarter over the fourth quarter. So as you can see, we had an operationally successful quarter while taking decisive action at Caribou. In addition to the operating results, there's one uh, item of note in the in the income statement this quarter that I want to bring you across. In the quarter, we, uh, we recorded a, a non-cash after-tax net impairment charge of $137.4 million, or approximately $0.17 cents per share, relating to our Caribou and Santander operations and exploration properties in Canada and Namibia. This was, was a result of the adverse change to the business environment caused by COVID-19 and the decision to temporarily place caribou care maintenance. Lastly, provisionally priced metal significantly reduced this quarter from 147.4 million pounds of zinc in the fourth quarter to 65.2 million pounds at a price of 87 cents per pound at the end end of Q1. Uh, Moving to slide 15, uh, with a sudden and significant drop in the zinc price, We engaged with our lending group during March regarding a waiver to the financial covenants that are part of our revolving credit facility. The facility was temporarily temporarily reduced from $275 million to $125 million, and the financial covenants waived until the end of May. The facility amendment contains a number of terms and conditions, including restriction on dividends and distributions, acquisitions and the disposition of assets, as well as a requirement that the company maintain a minimum level of liquidity. At the end of the quarter, we had drawn $97 million (coughs) under the facility, with a further $9 million uh, issued in letters of credit under the facility. And in April, we drew drew, drew the remaining amount of $19 million available uh, to us under the facility. The company is currently negotiating the terms and conditions of the revolving credit facility that will apply after May, in addition to pursuing other financing opportunities to provide additional sources of capital for our business. RBC Capital Markets has been engaged, as Rick has mentioned, to support us through this effort and the extensive strategic review. With that, Rick, is back, back over to you.
2: Thanks, Matt. Um- I would now like to take some time to discuss the zinc market, as the outlook for the metal has been changing rapidly as we move through these difficult turbulent times. Starting on slide 17, overall demand, zinc demand, is strong. And while there's been an immediate short-term demand contraction in response to COVID-19, the long-term demand growth is forecast to rebound and continue to grow as zinc consumption is closely tied to urbanization and industrialization. In addition to more traditional uses, like construction and transport, zinc is also showing promise in new and growing markets, such as fertilizers, wind turbines, and next generation batteries. Slide 18, the zinc price has receded um, in the last couple of years, with many attributing um, the current down cycle due to the growing supply of concentrate in the market. As COVID-19 advanced across the globe and was declared a pandemic, the zinc price reacted swiftly and moved further downwards. The price hit a low of 82 cents a pound, cutting deeply into the cost curves of zinc producers. Since reaching these lows, the price has been steadily rising as the concentrate surplus that was building and bottlenecking at the smelters has been decreasing, as global mining production has also been negatively impacted by COVID-19. On slide 19, you can see that the have been significant mine production perturbments brought on by the economic impacts of the lower zinc price. Government imposed restrictions and individual decisions made by mines to suspend operations. At least 25% of the world's capacity of zinc concentrate has been suspended, and this does not include data for China, which account for around 35% of zinc concentrate market. While the majority of these mines will likely restart eventually, the timing of restart is uncertain, and the ramp-up will also take time. Restarting a mine is costly and take, takes a lot, of, lot longer than um, the initial shutdown. Moving to slide 20, we have started to see the effect the reduction in zinc concentration is having downstream, because zinc concentrate is having downstream. Treatment charges, which started the year at $310 a tonne, on the spot market in January have dropped to $185 a tonne at the end of April and have continued to come down since. This indicates that the mine cost I spoke to on previous slides have outpaced smelter demand for zinc. Another major cost for the zinc market is shipping costs. Shipping costs for general goods have reduced significantly in response to COVID-19 due to lower demand, lower oil price and a general market sentiment. As a major cost input to zinc miners, lower shipping prices will translate into lower unit costs. On slide 21, um, turning further downstream in the zinc supply chain, um, where our stocks for refine zinc at this, is at historic lows. In the past, when stocks have reached these low levels, there's been a positive price um, reaction. As the market incentivizes both miners and smelters to increase production. This was demonstrated in 2007 when the zinc inventories were at similar levels as today, where the price was at a dollar fifty a pound back then. The argument pre-COVID nineteen was that while inventories were uh, at substantial low levels, there was sufficient concentrate upstream coming to replenish the low stocks, um, and that the bottleneck was the smelters. With the ongoing zinc mine curtailments, I. Spoke to earlier, this argument no longer holds up and already low metal inventories may be further exacerbated, leading to a higher zinc price. At current levels of six to seven days of global consumption, it doesn't take much for inventories to be offside and for the zinc price to react. Turning to slide twenty two, I will reiterate Travani's focus areas. We will continue what we started some twelve months ago when I joined the company to transform the business by safely reducing our cost base using the T-90 program to achieve that aim. Secondly, we will preserve liquidity. We have stopped significant discussion in spending for 2020 um, amounting to $41 million in cost reductions in response to the significant drop in its price of zinc. Lastly, we will reduce debt. We will continue to to negotiate new terms for the revolving credit facility and look for other potential sources of capital for the business. With that operator, we are happy to take any questions.
1: At this time, I would like to remind everyone in order to ask a question, you will need to press star one on your telephone. To withdraw your question, press the pound or hash key. Please stand by while we compile the Q&A roster. Your first question comes from Oris Welkodout from Scotiabank.
4: Oh, hi. Um, Good afternoon. I was wondering if we can get some more color on the strategic review process. I mean, obviously, your covenant waiver really only extends about another two weeks. How advanced is the strategic review process, and can you maybe outline, you know, what the potential alternatives are here um, that you're looking at? My um, honours,
2: and um, hope you're keeping well. Um, yeah, thanks. Thanks for the question. Uh, let, let, let's just take a step back and look at what we're doing. You know, we, we are focusing our attention on reducing our costs. You know, we're going to get this business down to 90 cents by the end of this year. Um, we are we 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 look at ways, and we've, we've we've cut the, the capital and and other discretionary spend by 41 million dollars. Um, our T90 program is delivering, we've got, we had already $30 million delivered. We've got, so we think that's going to be about $44 million uh, at the end of the second quarter. Um, so we're doing a lot on our side to, to get our cost down, to reduce our, our cash burn. Um, and we, we, we had a look um, you know at our uh, um, RCF um, with the banks and we, we constantly talk to them about what the right level for that would be. Those um, conversations uh, are ongoing, Um, but we also thought it it makes a lot of sense to get RBC in to come and help us rethink um, how to restructure the balance sheet. Um, The process has gone really well so far. There's there's been a lot of interest. We've got a lot of people in the data rooms, uh, in the data room, Um, and, you know, I, I think the process will take... You know, the, the, the thing with, with COVID is that um, it makes it a bit more difficult to go off on a plane and go and visit a, a site due to do some due diligence. So I expect the process will take a bit longer. Um, we are looking at all options. Um, but, but, you know, this, this business is going to be to uh, get through this um, tough period. Um, that's what an RCF is there to do, um, is to, to bridge the, the cyclical side of, of the business. We're setting this business up so that it's going to be a, a great cash producer once the, the price goes back to um, long-term uh, price levels. I don't know, Matt, is there anything I missed on the
4: process? No, I think we're just confident we'll exit this is with a much stronger business. Right? Thank you. Okay. And your target of $0.90 all-in sustaining costs by the beginning of next year, can you give us an idea of how much what that assumes for sustaining capital uh, next year?
2: I think you know. So, so the, the 90 cents was based on 250 dollars of, of treatment charges. So, you know, we can keep that in the back of the mind. Um, the and, and I would just go back to what we had last year as a um, sustaining capital. That would be similar levels that we we, we took in in um, in consideration. You'll also see in my in my text. I, I also started alluding to the fact that we, we we would like to see ourselves below 90 cents. You know, so. Um, what we've done in the last uh, couple of months, I can tell you we've, we've really turned every single rock in this business around. We've got really good systems in place to manage our capital. Um, every single dollar, we know where it's going. Um, so I, I think, you know, we, there's,
1: there's, there's real
2: upside potential on that 90 cents.
1: Sorry, Rick, just to
4: clarify, are you saying that 90 cent target assumes sustaining capital that's similar to 19, which is around 70 million? Yeah, I
2: th- yeah. So that—that's what we we had in, in in the past. But you know, I, I think if you round that, um, you know, it could be maybe five or or ten million dollars less. But you know, that it's hard to to say exactly what the number okay. would be today.
5: Okay. Thank you
2: very
1: much. Your next question comes from Stefan Ayani from Cormac Securities.
6: Great, thanks very much guys i'm just just uh, wondering just the uh, the lag in sales versus production in the quarter i guess mainly out of rosh Pina. was that just sort of sort of standard uh course uh, issues or was there something more sort of pertinent to rosh pina that can either is being addressed or can be addressed going forward so that 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 you have sort of again sales that more match uh, production um thanks stefan i'll pass that over to matt who
2: looks after
4: logistics in the business uh, thanks, Rickus. Um, no, that was just a uh, normal course. We expect that to reverse uh, over the coming quarters, um, perhaps not all this quarter, but certainly over the next two quarters uh, that will reverse. I'll leave it at that. Thank you.
6: Okay. And Maybe, maybe just one other one. Just uh, You mentioned there was a fall of ground at Caribou during the quarter. I mean, obviously, Caribou's on care and maintenance now, so going forward, not as much of an issue. But just curious, was it in a sort of a critical part of the mine, or was it off to the side, and you know, how long was it actually impacting production in the mine?
2: Yeah, it, was, it wasn't in a, a critical part of the mine. It was actually a sidewall. Uh, it was as, as we were putting a drill up, um, it pushed a, a block out um, that bounced and fell on, 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 on uh, one of our employees. Um, it, it was just a very unfortunate um, incident. Uh, and that, you know, we, we had to um, just reschedule some of the, the, the stops uh, and that, that had an impact on production. But nothing significant. It wasn't um, you know, a material failure or anything like that at all.
6: Okay, and the guy wasn't hurt, I guess.
2: Yeah, you no, know, he, he was, he was a, and, and I actually visited him in, um, at the end of the year um, to to you know, make sure that he was getting all the best possible treatment. Okay, okay, well, that's good to hear. Okay, thanks very much, guys.
1: Your next question comes from Brian MacArthur from Raymond James.
7: Hi. Good afternoon. Uh, two questions. First of all, just to be very clear on the target of 90 cents, um, does that include caribou going forward, or are we now changed it so that not include it, which would obviously make a difference.
2: Was there a second question, right? Or are you going to... That, like that was the first question. My
7: second question is just, I think in the financials I read that you did have some good hedges you put in place in the fourth quarter last year, I think up at 108, um, some of which I think were used in the first quarter. But then I think there was another income item that you actually took those hedges or, or recognized them. I guess what I really want to know is, um were they recognized from a cash basis as well or or do we still have the benefit of them for the uh uh sales going forward
2: thanks thank you very much I'll, so let let's um you know i will i'll let the um the the editing question i'll i'll give that to to matt um to to talk about but the the t ninety program you know it, when we put it in place and end of last year it assumed that Caribou would have been in 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 part of the T90 program. I think part of what we are able to do is, you know, we, we show that we can actually accelerate the T90 now by a full year because the original plan was to be at um, 90 cents by the end of 2022. We're now going to be um, at T90 at the beginning of 2021. So I think, you know, you've, you've got to look at, at Caribou is our highest cost um, operation. We actually do have plans to bring the cost of Caribou down quite significantly if, if we have enough time to do all the work that we that we've set out to do um, you know we pointed to the fact that the mole can take about two um, thousand tons more um, you know we, we have satellite deposits that we can get into that mold to get the, the the unit cost down i still think that uh, caribou will be an operation in future that can operate at below a dollar a pound um, but uh, the the t 90 brought forward to the end you um, know beginning of 2021 is um, excluding um, caribou um, and I'll pass the other question over to to Matt.
4: uh thanks brian on the, on the hedging yeah, you're right it was it's another income of two point three million dollars uh, so recognized there from an income statement from a cash flow standpoint, those uh, hedges have been settled with the counter- counterparty in Q two and uh, we've received the cash. Yeah, and it was said at a dollar ten not a dollar eight um, so yeah that was
2: a good call at that time. Sorry about that. I thought oh, I got that part wrong.
7: Hey, so just can I just follow up then? So back to Horse Thank question though. If the new T um ninety is based without Caribou, um, but you had sustaining capital last year in uh seventy million as sustainable, that would have included caribou. So should we not be well down below seventy million in capital going
2: forward under the new plan
7: and sustaining?
2: Yeah. We have that, that, that's spot on, Brian. And, and yeah, I, so when I when I mentioned original capital, that was based on, um, on, the, on Caribou being part of the original T90 program. So you can definitely just back yeah. Caribou out of that um, in 2019 and you'll be very close to what um, the new T90 will be uh, uh, factored on. And, and as I said, please also keep in mind that we've done a lot of work in the last couple of months to optimize the way that we spend capital. We've been understand these operations are a lot better and we control money a lot better. So Um, it could even be a bit lower than that, so. Great. Thanks very much. That's very good
7: clarification. I appreciate it. Thanks,
2: Mike.
1: And as a reminder, to ask a question, press star one. Your next question comes from Oscar Cabrera from CIBC.
5: Mm -hmm. Uh, Thank you, operator. And uh, I hope uh, all of you guys and your families are doing well. During this uh, crazy new, new normal, um, I do not want to deliver the, you know, the T90 uh, questions, but um, um, let, me, let me try and, you know, ask it this way. So in your um, initial estimate with treatment charges of $250 a ton, um, what, um, what do you think or what do you think the reductions could be to get to, um, to, the, to the 90 cents only in sustaining capital. Um, are you considering a treatment charge around the the spot levels uh, that we're seeing now?
2: Um, thanks, Oscar, and thanks for checking in on our, our well-being, and I hope you and your family are also safe um, during these times. Um, it's a good question, you know. So t- treatment charges, uh, the, the way that, that um, we, we uh, um, set up our treatment charges with our off-taker is uh, annual benchmarks um, that's based on published benchmark rates um, and you know so we we my, my view is in longer term as the, the treatment charges um, are definitely coming down spot prices are definitely coming down um, you know you'll definitely see lower treatment charges over the next year or so and, and we'll definitely benefit from that as we negotiate our benchmark terms with our off-taker. Um, in our T ninety, we've um, we've included two hundred and fifty dollars because when we set T ninety program at the the very back end of last year, that was where the, the spot um, price was at two and two hundred fifty dollars. But it gives you a good sense of if spot prices are coming down and benchmark prices are coming down to you know below that, you can work out uh, what benefit that would give us on on the ninety cents. Right,
5: and then you know the other portion of your comment had to do with with lower diesel, and I think you know worldwide companies are benefiting from this and um, as well as depreciating local currencies in the savings that you're envisioning of 50 million Mm -hmm. um, could you give us a sense of how much of of those are uh, related to exchange rates and or lower diesel prices yeah, so uh,
2: you know, I, I'll, I'll give it a shot, and then if I if I got it wrong, Matt can correct me. But you know, the um, it, it, so so diesel is actually we we don't benefit usually by lower um, oil prices um, in that route that translates into diesel because um, the, our our power our power supply is mainly um, coal coal power in in Namibia, and it's also hydro in, in Peru. Um, the in Burkina Faso, the 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 um, the diesel price is, is It's regulated by government and we've not seen any real reductions there. So from a diesel perspective, it's got a a very small um, um, impact on our business. Um, Local currencies, it it, it also, um, you know, the the wash, uh, it it washes away a bit because our biggest um, potential would be on labor costs. Um, A place like um, uh, Rospina, labor costs about 50% of our costs. Um, so there, we would get some benefits, but in other parts, um, you know, we, we we pay in US dollars for for um, a lot of our services. So um, th- that's not a big driver. I think the one to look at would be um, the impact that oil will have on shipping costs. Um, I think that's that's going to be a big uh, a big driver um, in the future. And again, we we negotiate our freight rates with our off taker um, once a year, and we're in that process at the moment. And we are we we are basing our um, assessment on what the current um,
5: rate charges are. Okay, no, thank you. That That's, that's helpful. Um, in terms of rate, um, is there something we could look at in terms of benchmarks just to get an idea of, um, or can you tell me what you were paying last year and, you know, any range of expectations for as we go forward? Are, are you talking about freight rates or? Yes.
2: Yeah, I think what what we um, what we can do is, and maybe after this call, we can just uh, so there, there's some 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 um, global benchmarks on on freight um, that that we can we can share, um, you know. But it, we we I I can't share actual freight rates with you, but um, so I I would say use the 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 global um, shipping indexes and the the global oil price um, as as a as a uh, indicator of what we would expect freight rates to be over the next um over this year and, and maybe next year so um you know i i i, I can't give you more than that unless um, there's anything else matt do you think i no, i think you bang on
5: there I yeah. okay no thanks thanks very much and uh best of luck okay.
1: your last question comes from david k private investor
6: oh good afternoon uh, folks um i have a couple of questions the first one um does Trevally qualify for any uh, financial help from the federal government, perhaps the LEAF program? I'm not sure. Maybe comment on that.
4: Uh, it's, it's Matthew Quinlan here. Yes, we've uh, applied and received for the, uh, the wage benefit uh, program that was announced uh, uh, several weeks ago now from from the government. Uh, with respect to the other program <laughs> that was announced earlier this week, obviously that was just announced, so we're uh, we're continuing our analysis of that. And, you know, suffice it to say, if, if we're eligible for that, we'll be we'll be pursuing that.
6: So that would be a a, a source, uh, albeit it's loan, but that would be a source of uh, financing for the company.
4: Uh, but potentially, but it's just been announced by the government, so we we need to uh, we need to get the details on that as they're rolled out by the federal government. Okay. Second question:
6: uh, What is the current uh, net asset value of Trevali, the NAV.
4: I, I would direct you to the the analyst reports who who uh, who provide those uh, analysis. Certainly, no, nothing comes from the company in that regard, but uh, plenty of analyst research out there.
6: So, where could I uh, obtain that number?
4: Um, I, I I'm sort of a, I, I would. Uh, you know, direct you to the, the brokerage houses themselves and uh, to take it from there.
6: So you're not able to disclose what the net asset value
4: is today? No, it's not really. Uh, it's, it's work that's done by the, uh, the research analysts. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Stay safe.
1: Thank you. That was, uh, that was our last question at this time. This concludes today's...